There's no sound. What's up, Jolyn? Well, well, well. <laughs> Are you, doing? you got, ladies and gentlemen, you got me. <laughs> well, I want to send a special shout out to Uncle Charles, who is first in the check. And on top of that, what's up, people? Like it's Tuesday. We got we made it through a whole week. I want to say a special shout out to Uncle Charles. Yes. Yeah, so, you know what? I'll let you take the floor. You know what? Right, I will. Thank you. Well, okay. So shout out to Uncle Charles. Um, it's hilarious because you know I went on my ancestral trip to Louisiana um, last week, and I um, had the opportunity to meet with his cousin, who is the head archivalist at. Um, Southern University and we were able to like you know get some research in some research tips and resources for my family's uh, genealogy and so I was laughing because it's like wow I'm meeting Uncle Charles's cousin before I even meet Uncle Charles in person even though Uncle Charles legit does feel like a real uncle like I in my mind it's like oh yeah that's Uncle Charles what's up aunt so special shout out to Uncle Charles and thank you so much for extending um, your family uh, to my family. Um, and come to find out, Mark, I may possibly, we still have to get confirmation, but I may possibly be related to um, the Clark family, who, which are the founders of Southern University. So if that's the case. Oh, wow. wow. Who are you not related to? Like, for real, for real. Like, y'all are like, y'all get around. Like, for real, for real. Like, the Gardner family, y'all are out here. My family. You guys built Y'all built America. Let's just let's just put it out. I there. mean, if we want to be honest about it. All right. It was really cool. It was really cool. And I was gonna say, so did you? So you know, you were you were last week because we saw you like you were just sitting across the bridge from the Mississippi, you know, mm -hmm. river. So yeah, I was in Mississippi. I mean. We have to go through Mississippi to the, you know, the way that Louisiana is shaped and the way Mississippi yeah. is shaped. We have the to boot. go, yeah, we have to go through Mississippi to get to this part of Louisiana where my grandparents were born. And one of the best things that I found out that I don't know why I didn't realize it, but my grandpa was the very youngest, and he was the first person to leave. Louisiana, like out of the all of his siblings. And so once they saw that he could do it, then they followed to Seattle. So my grandpa went from Louisiana and then came straight north to Seattle. There were no stops in between. He just came straight north to Seattle. And I just think about that, like his enterprising, you know, entrepreneurial spirit, like he is the reason why I am the way that I am. And I was just so, you know, moved and touched. And then I discovered that, you know, I come from a family of entrepreneurs and landowners. And my great, my great uncle, um, Robert, basically, he had he has a nine acre farm or had a nine acre okay. farm and uh -huh. he sold soybeans to the government. So, See, OK, really so that so that right there, y'all, mm -hmm. I'm going to just turn. She just did an ancestral flex on everybody that's in the room today on the video. <laughs> like literally, there is like flex and then there's super flex. You know, we know about those. But she just went ancestral. Like you can't go anywhere past that. Like only way I can do this is if I go to the ancestral plane and then come back and then talk about okay, this is what my ancestors told me. But you got me. well, it's gonna be funny. Congratulations! So thank you, thank you. It's gonna be funny when we discover that we're actually related. Watch, because you have family from Louisiana too. So I do, I do, I do, I do. So you know, we all over here, all over the place. So we out here. So we got a lot to get into because you know I don't know if people have seen the title, but the title for today's you know show is is AI and Data: The Playbook for Portfolio Success. 
success. And, you know, it's like, you know, we could definitely give our takes and everything else, which we probably will. But, you know, we definitely felt like it was, you know, you know, necessary to bring somebody who, you know, we feel is definitely fit and also knows how to look at portfolios and how to arrange them and to give you a clear perspective. So, you know, after we cue this good old intro, we're definitely going to bring on that guest, none other than uh, Brother Delano, a.k.a. The Cousin, which, you know what? Honestly, I want to know if he remembers his cousin name. So when he gets back, we'll find out. But without further ado, go ahead and cue that intro. It's time to take a deeper look, see what's on the horizon. Check if the earn is out or underperform the guidance. The good companies always striving for innovation, while the bad, short-sighted often get complacent. But we plan for the future and look for action to take now. So gather around, it's time for the breakdown. All right, so y'all, without further ado, you've seen him on the Come Up series before, but you know, we had to bring him back because he's super duper cool, and you know how we vibe, only cool vibes here. So without further ado, bring to the stage Cousin Delano, please, from New Street Group. What's up, Delano? How you doing? You, I know you muted. Oh, yep. yep. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, there he is. <laughs> I was muted for a second. Uh, sidebar, for what everybody doesn't know behind the scenes when we do like our sound checks and everything else, when Delano came into the room, yes, I'm going to tell this story because, yes, I'm slightly jealous. So when Delano <laughs> came in the room, Jolyn, like, literally gave a whole three notes that were completely on key and definitely was a whole vibe tune. And I was like, um, <laughs> I've been here for th- over 300 episodes and I ain't still got a tune. Mm. How you doing, brother? <laughs> Appreciate you guys for having me. Thank you. It's good to be back. Come up series. Uh, thank you guys for having me. All right, all right. It's been a, it's been a minute, so we're gonna we're gonna brush off the cobwebs from you know our trade talk Tuesdays because executive education is definitely kicking in a little bit old school today in the form of trade talk. But we feel like it's definitely within that vibe because we talk about what's happening today in earnings and y'all <laughs> earnings today. Earnings, Mark, were. A whole situation. But if we're going to keep it all the way, if we're going to keep it all the way funky, then we need to bring back the um, the context for setting the stage for leading up to the earnings. So I'm hella rusty, but okay, if I can remember the Dow today, <laughs> negative 344.57 points. So now we're at a level of 33,530 points. 8.3, the S&P 500, negative 65.41. We're now at a level of 4,071.63. And the NASDAQ down uh, 238.05 points. We are a little bit below 12,000 at 11,799.16. The 10-year unchanged at 3.40%. Uh, uh, yeah, the yield's at 3.4%, right? Yeah. And then we have um, for our sector uh, performance, let's see, uh, utilities, consumer staples and real estate were holding it down in the top three. But again, it was, you know, there was red everywhere. And then consumer um, discretionary uh, technology and materials were the bottom three. Then if we want to talk about the SIPs, Mark, you know, you already know that SQQQ was up 5.69%. Um, United Health up 0.61% and ABBB uh, up 0.50%. Joanne, uh, negative 8.33%. UPS down a little, almost 10%, almost 10%. Mm-hmm. And then Signature Bank, Mark, Signature Bank 
negative 15.70 percentage points down. Do even exist anymore? Down, down, down. <laughs> but Mark, you got to give honorable mentions to uh, Microsoft since we're talking about earnings because Microsoft yep. is clowning in the aftermarket and it's going to be interesting to see what happens tomorrow morning. I imagine, you know, yeah. some profit taking, but I think it will hold, hold steady. So Mark and... Yes. Delano. Yes. Let's talk about these earnings. Let's talk about the highlights. Well, for, before we do that, like, because I feel like we got some new cousins in here that don't know who Delano is. So Delano, what, go oh ahead my and, God. you know, you know let's, let's, just, let's, let's just give him a little resume check real quick. Let's okay. let's just give it to him for a hot second. For sure. Th thank you. One, um, so for all those uh, new cousins, and, and thank you guys for having me back. Um, I live in New York. Um, I'm a portfolio manager, financial planner. Uh, for about 450 households, and we, we help people plan and invest money and plan for the long term, plan for the short term. Uh, so it's always good to talk about stocks and earnings and, and great things because that's part of, of planning. And so that's why I'm glad to be here and, and talk and dive into to a little portfolio session and trade talk. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So, all right. So since you, today is your day, because, you know, you were, if you guys didn't notice, he's like all over the cover and everything else. So he's our guest of honor. So where would you like to start today? We got a lot to get into. So the stage is yours, brother. Where, where should we start? Why don't we, I think we could dive into the big tech earnings. So okay. Google, all right. Microsoft, I mean, the numbers came out and the market after hours seeming to like what, what they saw initially and on the call. So I mean, from my perspective, I thought it, it was showing that it wasn't as bad as feared, right? So if we were looking mm. at, you look at, you know, Microsoft's numbers, revenue was uh, 52.9 billion. It was up 7% uh, from last uh, year over year. Mm -hmm. side, it, did, it was strong. Um, so, I, I mean, I think in general, their, their cloud division, you can talk about cloud growth in Azure slowed a little bit, um, but, you know, it was still... 27% uh, increase from that, uh, which is opposed to 31% in the prior quarter. So it was a little bit, still a bit faster. So growth in these two, then Microsoft and Google was still there, but it wasn't as strong. Mm -hmm. So uh, what do you guys think? We saw some of the highlights and I think, you know, it, it was, it was still, it was good. And that, I think that's why it was better than feared. I think that's why the markets reacted the way it is because it was better than feared. Um, and we still have, we have waiting demand, but we still do have some demand. Yeah, so just so that way we could pull it up for everybody that, that hasn't seen the highlights. So if we want to like quickly just dive deep into it real quick, yeah. if we should. So pretty much, you know, cash return to shareholders was about 9.7 uh, with 4.6 billion in share repurchases and 5.1 billion in dividends. Interesting. Um, and then on top of that, let's see here. Tax rate is effective at 19%, though that I think that they had projected it up. A little bit. Uh, I think it's probably going to be about between. I think it's twenty-two to about twenty-five or twenty-five, twenty-seven, something like that. Well, I'll, if I can find a number, I'll definitely get that out there. Uh, capital expenditures, including assets acquired under finance leases, were seven point eight to support growth in our cloud offerings. Um, and let's see here, intelligent cloud. I think that this is one of the ones that definitely kind of like stuck out to me. Server products and cloud services revenue uh, increased seventeen percent, up twenty-one uh, percent. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, let's see here, what else stuck out? Dynamic products and cloud services revenue increased 17% again, driven by Dynamic 365. Um, let's see here. I think I just skipped something by accident. Uh, personal computing was still uh, decreased by 28%. Devices revenue decreased 30%. Mm -hmm. uh, but Windows commercial products and cloud services, 14% up. 
Xbox uh, content and surfaces increased 3%. So pay attention to that. But the number one thing that I've been paying attention to is search and news advertising revenue, excluding traffic acquisition costs, increased 10%. Mm. So that's something that I think that, and again, it's like, I think that this is something that's just getting started since they just unveiled Bing. Yeah. And so, you know, the the funny thing about it is, is that we're, we're going from, you know, zero, <laughs> zero users of Bing to yep. about, what is it, 100 million users of yep. Bing. So <laughs> I want to know, like, the biggest thing I want to know is, like, you know, what will that revenue look like now that they're using GPT services? And how will that really, like, play into ad services revenue um, when it comes to using GPT? So that's something that I think that, we didn't really get to see in this quarter because it's still fairly new, mm -hmm. but I think that we will probably start to see it. If not next quarter, we'll see it the quarter after where it really starts to like kick in where it's like, all right, well, we're actually starting to see some growth. But I expect that this number is going to go from 10% to probably about 17% next quarter or even 20% next quarter. That's that's my projection. Uh, thoughts so far on Microsoft? That's that out. That's an interesting point to me because one, I don't use Bing, I use Chrome. So I'm one of the things <laughs> is, but I will say the features with ChatGPT and OpenAI and all those things, the features look really great. Now, I don't know how they're monetizing yeah. all that yet. And I think some of that yeah. is, as you mentioned, pouring that into making search a lot better and a lot feasible, more efficient um, mm -hmm. and better for users. But, you know, I, that's why I'm still, and we're going to get to Google later, but that's why I'm still on Alphabet yep. on, on that side because is it's, it's driven by the instances and how much data they can collect and that's how it, it trains itself correct and so if correct. you have so much data of your alphabet i think they have the most user data when it comes to the search and so that's where i really think that they win but i think it's you're so right on the microsoft thing that their numbers are that number is actually an interesting number that sticks out um <laughs> it really is interesting but delano do you think like okay so when you use google for example you and you ask it a question or whatever, you get back links. I feel like now with the you know introduction of Chat GPT, having one that conversational feel um, is different, and nobody wants links unless you need it for um, like sources and to cite your work. For the most part, like that return of links, that's it's a, it's a dead model. So. You were so right, because even with TikTok, right? Like people are searching TikTok using videos to train themselves, learn themselves. So that's such a good point. So that's what I actually have to, that my homework is going to be to try, if you can, I know it's still like in beta, like Bard and like what they're doing and, and see how that is being, how that changes the way they're doing search, if it, if it any at all. Because I do believe that people want more than links now. And yeah. whoever does this best new user efficient way is going to really, really come out on top, to be honest. But you bring up a good point because Google does have the data. So if they just repackage how their returns are, then they could, you know, get ahead of this in some way, shape or form. But it, it definitely they would need to do it like yesterday. They do. <laughs> so shall we move on to Google uh, since, since we're doing all this talk about them? Love it. Yes. All right. So let's go ahead and jump over. I'm I'm looking at their PDF. Should I just go on the site itself, or should I, or are we cool with looking at the PDF itself? Yes, PDF works for me. I'm okay. Cool. 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 All right. So, all right. So, what stuck out to you, uh, Delano, for Ooh, you need for to make Google's quarter? Yeah, I, I realize that you know 100% just isn't going to be enough. So we're going to blast this up to 200%. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So. What stuck out to you 
Yeah, I think the big things, uh, you know, we all know for a lot of these tech companies that revenue is slowing a little bit. And I think Google, Microsoft, Meta did a lot of this. They restructured their costs so their profits were still, you know, decently in line, right? And so Google had that a little bit of that. They're making everything more efficient. They're doing a lot of things to restructure their costs. I think diving into the YouTube advertising revenue, that was in line a little bit with estimates. The cloud revenue was a little bit lower, um, but in line with estimates. So I think the market likes the fact that one, they did a $70 billion, they announced a $70 billion share buyback, but that they're <laughs> cutting costs and they're being a lot more efficient and they're being understanding of the current environment we're in, even if revenue mm-hmm. and, and growth is a little bit slower at this time. Um, so those are the big things that stuck out to me. I think advertising revenue is going to come back. We know that it'll come back when the economy gets a little bit better. So I'm not worried at all about you know, where Google's headed going forward. I think the AI race is still going to be very, very crucial. But as a current business model, I think they're doing fine. I think the quarter was was fine. Yeah, so we were talking about this a little bit before um, we actually came online. Um, and we were talking about the YouTube ad revenue where we were talking about long form video versus a short form. Mm-hmm. And for everybody out there that's, a, you know, that understands like the YouTube content creation or just content creation period, you know, given in the sense that we've seen this huge disruption of short form video, you know, of course, YouTube is now in that space and now they're starting to turn where it's like it's more profitable to literally create short video than it is, you know, in some arenas than to create long form video. And they're really encouraging that. And so one of the things that I had brought up with Delano and I asked him a question, I was like, do you think that this could possibly be a turnaround um, in the sense of not addressing like it's not going to stop the bleeding as it pertains to slowing down? But again, it's like, you know, is it setting the stage? for Google um, or Alphabet, however you want to consider them. I, I don't know. For some reason, Alphabet doesn't fit in the lexicon. It just doesn't, <laughs> I agree. It just doesn't vibe. But, um, but looking at the numbers where we see that 6.8 billion versus a 6.6, you know, here in 2023 so far, um, the question is, do we see that making a turnaround later on once when we start to see the advertisement starts to pick up uh, for Google? Or do we see that, okay, hey, that this is something that could be something that we need to pay a lot more closer attention to? Mm. You know, I, I, <laughs> I needed the same thing when we were off air, by the way, everybody. <laughs> so. I think, you know, they have to pay attention to the trends, right? And that's that's a yep. big thing that will put you at risk if you're not paying attention to trends. And short firm form has become a, a bigger, bigger piece of, of online content. And so, that's something that has to be paid attention to 100%. I do think it'll be softened just in general by the, the long-term cyclic trend of people spending online and advertising coming back. But that, that has to be something to be paid attention to. And I think they're addressing that with, with shorts and with boosting shorts and, and doing different things to, to actually increase their short-form content. Meta and everyone is doing the same thing. But mm-hmm. uh, it, it's going to be stiff competition. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I think TikTok and all these different platforms, it's stiff competition for eyeballs of the content. And it's not going to be easy waters to navigate, but I think it, it can be done. Well, so interesting places. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So we're talking about content creation. <clears throat> so one thing that I've noticed is like the difference in presentation between a millennial and a Gen Zer when they're doing their content. And one thing that I have noticed is that um, Gen Z folks will just get right to the point of the story. 
um, versus, you know, millennials. And there's always a joke about this. It's like, hey, guys, you know, what's up? You know, it's like that, like, little answer before you get to the point. And so I can see, like, if we're look, thinking about the creators of the future and we're thinking about, you know, Gen Z, like, leading trends, it seems that the short form will definitely take hold even in the in the longer term. But if we're thinking about, unless millennial creators start to um, change how they are, you know, presenting their information uh, and creating their videos, then it seems like there's always going to be that potential lag. And if YouTube wants to embrace the Gen Zers the way that TikTok has, they're going to have to come up with a different payment model for mm. short form. Because right now the money is in long form, even though mm -hmm. the trend for uh, concentration and attention is for short form. So how do you reconcile that? And we just lost you. Okay, there you, you're back. How do we reconcile <laughs> that? What are you thinking? You know, <laughs> um, it's funny that we get asked questions that we have to think like the CEOs of the company. Like, <laughs> no, I like to think. they're honestly great questions, and it makes you think, and it makes you um, really think about how things are presented. So, I think you make a good point, and I think it's what I'm seeing every platform doing is being able to draw those top, whether they're Gen Z creators, in most mm -hmm. cases they are Gen Z creators, being able to draw those top creators to your platform. So, if you think about like. And just, I'm like, I want to take a step back and think about it. Like, if you think about YouTube, the biggest person is like Mr. Beast, yep. you know, mm -hmm. on YouTube, right? And so think about all these other platforms, though, on like Twitch and the stream. They're, they're long form, but they are younger, you know, people when it comes to like Twitch and all these different like areas where they're streaming. Um, so getting those, I think the race was getting all these creators on your platform at first. It was getting those creators. So I think that has to play a part in it, making it feasible for those Gen Z top creators that do those short form, really good content that are on TikTok, maybe you have to draw them in to start posting on shorts and whether it's monetizing, make it much a better monetizing stream for them, or it's making it so they can have subscribers and they can build a platform. But there has to be a way where it's much, much more appetizing for them to actually use YouTube versus, you know, TikTok, because TikTok is the dominating space right now. So, so I think it's somewhere there that they would find success, because if you bring those, you know, top creators over, then you're going to bring the audience more than likely with them. Yeah. yeah. Well, interesting part, what we're seeing on this uh, is, you know, things that stick out to me for this quarter is that we saw uh, Google search high. Mm -hmm. um, and then on top of that, another thing that what we saw that was pretty interesting was this Google, Google Cloud services. And, you know, we kind of like touched upon it early on where we said that Google Cloud services are finally profitable. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, I think that Google Cloud services could have always been profitable, but mm -hmm. because of the fact that the way that I think Google did the Amazon way, where it's like instead of taking those profits, let's subs let's subsidize those profits and move it into other services that we're building. So that way we don't look profitable. And essentially once when we turn on the lights, because here's the thing about turning on the lights to something that's profitable when you finally report it profitable. Now you have to keep reporting it as profitable and profitable and profitable, which I think that honestly, there's some serious sandbagging there for Google Cloud. In my opinion, I think that there's some serious sandbagging there, but I think that this is going to be able to like give them, allow them to buy them some time um, when it comes to, you know, literally just, all right, hey, Google Cloud services are still growing and, you know, becoming more and more profitable when in reality it was all profitable. And ultimately you cut back on a lot of, you know, CapEx spending, which ultimately should be able to like point to us in the direction. The other thing that kind of caught my attention 
mm. which was uh, total acquisition costs here. Mm. So that was very, very interesting. Back in 2022, it was about, you know, close to 12 billion. Um, now we're looking mm. at something that's about 11.7. So the total co uh, acquisition costs uh, is starting to come down as mm -hmm. it pertains to, uh, you know, when it comes to Google. So that's something, or, the, you know, the traffic acquisition costs, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, we're starting to see that, that ta those TAC numbers are starting to come down. And if those TAC numbers are coming down, but yet we're starting to see that things are getting better, mm -hmm. this could actually be something that I want everybody to pay attention to, especially within the financials. If you want to go back and look at its history of its tack. But if we start to see that these numbers start to trend down, but yet we start to see other services starting to tick up, this could actually be ruling in, in Google or Alphabet's favor um, moving forward, in which that, that kind of speaks to what Delano was saying. That's the reason why he's still very much so bullish on uh, Alphabet. Hmm. Thoughts on that? I'm like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you. The one traffic acquisition cost, something to keep your eye on. Um, and there was another number you pointed out that I thought was really interesting. I want to go back to it in my notes as well. Sure, yeah, we talked about yes, um, the cloud, the cloud portion, the cloud portion with, with cloud, <laughs> cloud now. Yeah, that is interesting. That one, as you mentioned, it, it's as you when you report profits, now you have to continue reporting profits. So that mm -hmm. was a big move, like you said, turn on the lights. Um, I don't know how much was it. You said there was a lot of, as you mentioned, as someone else mentioned. Uh, there was a lot of, you know, set, reorganizing and moving some things around, but um, they did it. And so now, as you mentioned, it has to go and sustain going forward. Um, yep. And there's been a lot of, you know, slimming down and cost restructuring. So that that's a big, <laughs> big turning point because we're seeing now, and it's a higher margin, more, and more likely a higher margin business should be. So yes. uh, say, so one of their better margin businesses, so division. So that, that's going to be interesting going forward in my mind too. Yeah, I mean, that it, it has to be something that everybody watches very much so closely. I think that they're also going to incorporate uh, Google Bard into the yeah. Google Cloud services. So here's one of the things, the reason why I think that Microsoft is like literally starting to like eat everybody else's lunch because of the fact that they were already using AI services within their intelligent business cloud. Um, which was ultimately, they literally had AI, they train AI models to literally watch the uses of their customers, their enterprise customers, mm. and then started noticing areas of deficiency. And then from that, they literally started to turn those things in which that the AI learned and evaluated and turn that into actual other business streams of revenue. So they incorporated that into the business model of Azure. And so now you're starting to see, okay, hey, like when you see that a lot of folks from Microsoft, you know, they may be doing deals with other countries and everything else, learning about what their use cases are, learning about what a lot of their issues are, especially within the health field. And so essentially they're learning from, again, or asking people like, hey, can it do this for me or can it do that? And essentially it's like, okay, hey, yeah, we can do that. So literally allowing AI to learn and, and of course, incorporating things as simple as a natural language processing library like GPT and now embedding that into the entire landscape of, you know, Azure. I think that Google kind of like is taking that same thing where they have tons of data on tons of uh, customers, especially enterprise as well as startups as well. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that, again, this could be a very great run for Google. And it's at the perfect time for Google because of the fact that we're seeing this great correction as it pertains to employee salaries and, you know, the entire landscape. So yeah. with a lot of the layoffs 
so you cut back on on that type of expenditure but then on top of that you incorporate services i think that this is probably going to be a match made in heaven for alphabet so definitely something for people to pay attention to and as you can see there there's this thing called you know deep mind but you know that's for another day for everybody else <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, since this is trade talk Tuesday, mm -hmm. you know, I have to show everybody what we're looking at as it pertains to charts. Is that OK real quick? Yeah. All right. So, you know, everybody's like, you know, we don't see you know, we don't see charts very often. So let's go back to our friends over there at Microsoft. Let's start there since, you know, they they literally took off. So currently, as we can tell, Microsoft is up. What is it? Uh, eight and a half percent in the aftermarket, which brings them just shy of 300. Now, interesting thing here, what I've what I kind of drew here was our, our relative strength index, where over the past you know few months, um, we've seen that essentially that it, it kind of like floats to the 70 and essentially it tends to retreat. Now, I'm wondering if given in today's news, this is allowing us to like give us the march up to go higher. And so, again, it, of course, it depends upon where Microsoft ends for the day uh, tomorrow. But again, we could probably be seeing that this could be like, all right, well, like you said, Jolene, we'll probably might see a little bit of profit taking, but it could be setting the stage for Microsoft to potentially go higher for the rest of the year. Nice Thoughts on that, people? For me, like I 100% agree. I think these earnings were crucial for because you know stocks in general were kind of trading like you know flat. There wasn't much news to push us one way or another. We we're generally marching a little bit higher, and I think with these earnings, it, it could push us up a, a little bit higher, especially Microsoft in the situation. Up until we'll see what the Fed does in May. I think we are baking in 25 basis points, but I think this was needed to like push and buy, bring buyers in to like actually say, yeah. oh, okay, this is fine. For now and, and we'll see what more you know inflation data we get and, and all that but i think that's you know this is something that will kind of propel you know in my mind tech a little bit higher because i think things came in a little bit better than expected yeah so go, go ahead, ahead Jolene, because i don't okay. no, go ahead go ahead go ahead you got it you got it get it um, okay so speaking of inflation um earlier we were talking about this before we got on camera but um so it seems like the market is just doing whatever the heck it wants, mm. not believing the Fed at all. Like mm. it's calling, it thinks the Fed is bluffing. It doesn't care what the Fed got going on. And the market just keeps going despite, you know, inflation and all that. So, and we're looking at this Microsoft data and, um, you know, tech in general seems to, tech always just seems to, in, in general, like do whatever it wants to do, because that's like mm -hmm. the growth. Now, you know, we're talking about like the title of the show about AI, you know, being that mm -hmm. catalyst. Let's talk about some other companies um, who may just take off <laughs> despite inflation. It's like, what is what is the environment going to look like? when we are saturated with AI, we're on the ground floor of this. Like, this is just like, you know, a little toe in the lobby, you know, we're not <laughs> in the lobby. It's a little toe in the lobby, little peak, like who's all over there, you know? Um, <laughs> and so in the context of AI and we have inflation and the market still doing what it wants to do, like what, what do you, what do you see happening? Um, I guess in a three to five year mark. <laughs> I know. Are you, are you, are you, I was gonna say, are you asking me? It doesn't matter. Whoever me? wants to say it, it doesn't even matter. Del Delana, do you want to take it? Because you know, of course, your clients look at things on a long. You, you focus long your clients on looking at things on a long term basis. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll let you, I'll be brief and I'll let you dive in here, Mark. And I know okay. you brought, brought in the Nvidia chart, which is. Nah, I was just looking at that like, wow, I didn't even 
year to date, seventy six percent. I'm like, okay. So I mean, I think you guys are. This is smart to be talking about AI, and it's smart to be talking about new technology because these are times, and it's it, it's easy to get overhyped on everything. It's like everything is a big deal, but there are things that do become a big deal, right? And these mm-hmm. are. It's good to be like understanding what technology is doing, and you know, Mark was talking about like different you know apps and my like I've used a few of them, but I. I don't dive into everyone, but it is good for people to be diving into like, okay, what is AI doing? How can I make my life more efficient? How can I make my business more efficient? How does it affect me in my corporate job or how does it affect me in general? Because as you're right, there are going to be companies and there are going to be people, investors and, and different things that really, really have a run from this. Um, and I think there's a space for a lot of companies to use you know, AI correctly and to, to grow profits and to grow earnings from it. Um, but I also want to, I also do know that some things and some products and some services that are made from AI won't all work right. And they won't all be yep. like big groundbreakers. So it's a tempered, it's a tempered excitement, but it is an excitement to understand that this is something new and it is something that could be potentially useful. So I'm watching everything and trying to dive into as much as I can. I can't cover everything, but I think in general, it is exciting. That was just a general overview, but I, yeah, I, I just think it's, it's something to be excited about. I'm highly excited because I think that we're getting ready to see the end of like oil and Mm. those types of things become the the major leaders within the market. And I think that the next lead, the next frontier that we're pretty much we're blasting off on is pretty much data and AI. Mm. I think that, you know, pretty much, you know, you're starting to see that a lot of a lot of companies are trying to add that into their stack and their workflows. Uh, as especially within their business models, where they could become use it to be either use it to become more efficient uh, in their process, or essentially look at new ways for new upside verticals. Um, and so, I y'all know how much this is hard for me to say because y'all know that I am AM I'm a huge AMD fan. <laughs> but listen, <laughs> unless AMD has like a chip that they are getting ready to throw into the pot and like literally come in and you know, and I think that they will, but I think it's a little, you know, I think right now, currently right now, when it comes to AI and when it comes to like AI services in cloud, AI service, AI data center, um, AI chips, it's honestly, it's NVIDIA's world and everybody else is paying rent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we're probably on the precipice of being able to see like what that looks like. And I, like I said, the only company that I know that could possibly even step into the ring and potentially challenge uh, NVIDIA would be pros- possibly AMD because of their graphics processing, uh, their graphics, their GPU units. But again, it's like it's the, amount, it's the amount of research and everything else. It's like how fast can they scale up to like literally step into the ring? So when we mention about like the Microsoft's doing well and the Google's doing well, and when we look at a lot of the services that are out there, like, for example, if you look at the mid-journey applications, the chat GPTs, the dollies of the world, and so many and so much more where we're getting ready to go, like where Adobe has, I guess I might be able to, like, you know, give me a second. Yeah, Adobe's in the mix, too. I'll actually show you another company, which I think that everybody should definitely be paying attention to mm. um, and what they've got going on. Now, this is only invite only. So, again, if you got it, you got it. But, you know, it's, it's not a flex or anything like that, just as a heads up for anybody. But it's just, <laughs> you know, let's see if I can sign in. Um, okay. So, Let's see, I'll stop that sharing and then I'll bring the screen up so that way everybody can see it. Okay, so this is another company that I see that's stepping into the foray that's also going to cause some serious noise, which is Adobe, um, if everybody can see it. So Adobe has 
brought in their version of generative AI, where essentially it's like, okay, hey, if I want to do, you know, text to image or text effects, mm-hmm. like, so for example, if I want to say, you know, a come up series, and let's say, you know, what, if we want to say made in gold. from, from what? Does it say dripped or dipped in gold? Okay, dipped in gold, in gold. So as you can see, you're now seeing the come up series as it pertains to, you know, dipped in gold. Love it. Right there happening on our screen. And so again, it's like, this is the type of, you know, AI functionality that you're really starting to see even in the Adobe space. Now, here's the reason why I say that it's interesting with Adobe because Adobe is made for creators. So like your Adobe mm-hmm. premieres, your Adobe Photoshops and all those other things when it comes to movie making. This is like something in which that you're starting to see it's now embedding itself even within mm-hmm. the software tools and it's happening right now through the cloud. So again, it's like, you know, this is something in which that, you know, you're seeing that intersection between where hardware will start to meet up with the software. And that's why I said it brings me back to a company like NVIDIA, where again, you know, it's their world and everybody else is paying. Question with you guys on it. Why is NVIDIA, is it doing, I'm looking at the stock chart and I'm like, you know, blown away and that's something we hold. It's like. (laughs) So they they, so they well? gave their so they 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 literally have what is called the CUDA like they're like in their in their GPUs, it's it's a CUDA library. It's you know some acronym, but essentially in in a short form version, they went from CUDA cores, which those things were built on board onto every single graphics card through NVIDIA. So CUDA just for everybody out there, and then from there they brought that into the cloud services. So now you just brought that graphical power into the cloud mm. where it can either be used graphically, it could be used to literally use for computational, like for example, for medicine, for running consistent computations or running digital twin technology, which mm. we know that Boeing is using digital twin technology very heavily along with companies like uh, BMW and all the auto manufacturers. They use mm-hmm. it too for simulation types. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, okay, those are all things in which that the, the, the AI can now see things and mm-hmm. process things. And so when you brought that into the cloud and now you've given, like, you've given it not only to the enterprise, but you've also created a whole nother model to a, <laughs> a, just, a just a retail user, it's different. No, that, <laughs> it's different. that makes sense. The hyperspeed. Okay. Interesting. So now, so now that's why I said, it's like, you know, the question is, is like, this is something, this is a stock that I definitely want to watch um, Mm -hmm. NVIDIA. I'm watching NVIDIA. I'm definitely watching Adobe and anything else that's within generative AI because of the fact that, you know, we just saw that Microsoft had a phenomenal quarter. And a lot of that is in part due to the beginning of them incorporating those tools within their generative AI. So now I want to play into some of those other players that are the inf- the new infrastructure for those things. Yep. And how is that they're being powered? Because if they're if, if Microsoft is eating, mm-hmm. it's not about who's not eating. It's more so in the sense of who's eating the larger slice of the pie right now. Mm-hmm. Or or who's the or in or in Jolin's words, who's the pie maker? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so those are the interesting things in which that I'm paying attention to. But of course, we have to have some honorable mentions, like for example, you know, your Chipotle. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> congratulations to Chipotle. I think that it's just more so in the sense that they did a very good job of 
one uh weathering the storm of the pandemic and then on top of that it's like um i think it's also the the the, Chip- the chipotle's business model mm. which is not as capital intensive as it pertains to your standard brick and mortar which allows you to use ghost kitchen Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that with that, it brings down your cost significantly. And I think that you start to see that in the margins. What are your thoughts, Delano? You know, hundred percent right. And I think they have pricing power. Yeah. Um, they, they really, they use it. Uh, their menu prices are up from last year. I think it's roughly 10%. Um, they're, they're handling the inflationary environment well because of the pricing power. And that, that's a big thing for any, you know, Food restaurant company, food company, retail company in this environment is to be able to handle pricing power, is to be able to handle waning potentially a weakening consumer, and they're doing that. So um, they've they've done a great job on one. Also, honestly, with you know wages, and they've done a great job controlling costs, different things. They've done a lot, good job. The management's done a really good job, and digital. Their digital is actually another strong area of the business. So I think they did, you know. Nearly forty percent of the sales are digital. That's the number that they had. Yep, um, I think it was thirty nine point three percent of their uh, sales were all from digital. Yeah, that's so crazy. so that's a company that this is one people have to be watching because as far as you know, if you look at I think McDonald's also reported. If you look at these the, the stalwart food brands that are really really performing and they kind of are safety in the sense of that they'll combat against a recessionary environment fairly well. Chipotle is starting to come to that name. That's it's typically looked as a kind of like a growth name, but it's kind of being more of a going into a safer type of play, honestly, in, in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, question. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Julian. So this goes back to something we talked about um, in the beginning of the executive education series when we were talking about distinctive competencies and brand. And you can see this Chipotle is a really good example of this because there is a high association with um, quality ingredients Mm -hmm. with Chipotle. So even their their target market is going to want they're already in this position to pay for quality like organic ingredients. Um, in their selections. And most of the Chipotle's use local um, produce um, Mm -hmm. in their different operations. And so if you already have a customer that is already willing to, you know, pay that premium for their food, the 10% increase, roughly 10% increase in the um, menu offerings isn't really going to dent that person's pocket, that their target customer. And they're then that's compared to McDonald's where you expect there to be 80 jillion items on that dollar menu. You mm-hmm. don't care what McDonald's has to do to make it happen. But if you are, you know, McDonald's, you know, uh, connoisseur, so to speak, or target market, then mm-hmm. you, they're going to have those pricing issues because you can't now have go for, I don't know what the menus are, but let's just say if it was a dollar menu, you cannot now go to, now we have a $10 menu. Mm-hmm. Like no one's checking for that. You're just going to go to Chipotle, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like at that point, it's like, okay, hey, well, which one do I choose? And it's interesting because we heard that McDonald's was, their prices came up a little bit. I think that the, the costs went up for McDonald's uh, food. But yet, at the same token, you didn't see it make, and it didn't make a dent in their, in their, in their. Uh, I think in their revenues at all. Mm. So, and I think that this is a. a it's going to be interesting to see exactly how this plays out, especially within the consumer discretionary markets. Yeah. You know, because I think that we're going to see. I think that 
I think that we're going to see a probably a civil war within the within the consumer discretionary marketplace where it's like, okay, hey, you're going to see some of the ones in whom which that were very much so ill prepared. And the beautiful thing I love about consumer uh, discretionary as well as retail sectors is it really in times like this, it really goes to show you who knows their customer Mm, mm, and who knows that who knows their customer. And then two, also who understands, you know, the it's kind of like in the tech world, we have what is called the user journey. So like, what are all the things in which that the user has to do in order to get here? Mm -hmm. The same thing for on the retail and consumer side, like, okay, hey, you know, what is it that the consumer is feeling right now? And if majority of your consumer is like, say, for example, within a specific demographic or targeted demographic, well, what's their story right now? Mm-hmm. Are they hurting right now? And if they're hurting, it's like, how is that impacting your business? Right. So the companies I definitely want to pay attention to is definitely want to pay attention to Walmart. Definitely want to pay attention to, and of course, Target. You can't, you know, look at retail without looking at the wholesale customer, which is Costco, mm-hmm. um, and seeing exactly how that plays. And I think that we saw a little bit of weakness in Costco recently. So. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. Like for me, it was it was a stuffed salmon. When when they started jacking up the price to forty bucks for a stuffed salmon, I was like, okay, I'm out. <laughs> no Costco hot dog. No one's checking for that. Like, what's up with this salmon? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. So, so we got that one, and which also is another interesting lead is uh, a company that also reported today was Visa. Yes. Visa was another company that reported today, and we can brush upon that pretty quickly, um, pretty much letting us know that over the course period of time, we saw that their transactions uh, were still doing just fine. I think the stock is up about just a little bit shy of a, above one and a half percent. In the aftermarket, so pretty much just erasing today's losses. The interesting thing I've been noticing about Visa and Mastercard lately is that they've been kind of like just very quiet. You don't mm. really hear very much about them. But I feel like are they just lingering around because they're in the tech sector mm. and they're just getting the shine because of the fact that they're still in the tech sector? Delano, what are your thoughts on that one? Do you believe that they should finally move over to financials or do you still think that they should be considered in the tech sector? <laughs> I mean, they, yeah, you're right. They could be, should be considered in the financials. I, I don't even know why they would be, you know, why they're considered in the tech sector. I think maybe just just old Star Wars thinking. But yeah, you're right. I think one, they should be looked into the financials. Two, they are kind of just like lumbering along, wrong, right? They do like huge, huge companies. I, I think it was... Visa, if I'm not mistaken, that Warren Buffett or it's one of the two or that Warren Buffett has a huge stake in. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's like I said, their, their transactions were up. It was kind of like a quiet quarter, but they did enough. Um, and it was just kind of like, okay, better than we expected. And especially being high consumer discretionary based um, travel was was higher. So they had a lot more transactions there. So that's where they were seeing a lot of those transaction volumes from. But yeah, another another just solid, solid, solid quarter. Okay, finally, I got to ask you since we since we're moving on from the stocks, and so I'll, I'll I'll bring it I'll bring it down a notch, just just a, just a hair, just a hair just before a I, before we remove Delano off the hot seat. <laughs> May is right around the corner. The Fed. Do we fight them? <laughs> do we fear them? <laughs> or do we listen? <laughs> fight fear, listen. I think. I think we right now will listen because what we're going to see in, in May is more than likely uh, 25 basis points. Now, that's going to be obviously contingent on some more data we get from inflation data. But I think we're going to see that. There's like high probability. That would be my guess. 
Um, but after May, it's going to be very, very interesting what happens because I think you could see profit taking and you could see a little bit of a reversion um, at that point as we get into summer. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, then it's going to be a little bit more what actually happens in, in the next meeting after May. Um, and what is the data telling us? And, and, you know, we've gotten past this, you know, banking crisis slightly. I mean, it's, it's still lingering in the background, but we've gotten past it. So that's going to be an area where we might be fighting, people might be fighting the Fed because I think after May, it's going to be really a little bit more of an open <laughs> jump ball. I was going to say all roads lead. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to make a bold prediction here. Okay. Wait, what's the all time? Roads- Times to wow, we're, we're, we're going back to that since we're since yeah. we're going back, Delano. This is you're gonna be your first time ever on a timestamp situation here. So here we go. You ready, Jolene? Yeah, I'm ready. All will be decided by Juneteenth. Mm. I just want to put that out there. I, I okay. said what I said. Ultra reference to my story. You know, don't <laughs> at me. Don't at all. I'm just gonna say, in my opinion. Uh, I think that all roads lead to, so even if we see a quarter basis point in, you know, in May, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, the hard line is Juneteenth where mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, Hey, we're done. Mm-hmm. All things must be done by Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. Very possible. Honestly. So that's June 19th, 2023. Right. So if you don't know, now, you know, <laughs> but by Juneteenth, I think that that's, you know, either we're going to come up with, we're either going to have a decision of whether or not we have a rip the bandaid off moment and then we're done or it's just like, okay, we're done. Mm-hmm. But either way, the, I think the market will officially have its full on clarity as we go from like, cause June is kind of like that cutoff period right before we start like really ratcheting everything up for the campaigning. Yep. Um, and I, I just honestly believe that honestly, it's like, I don't know if the fed has any more gas left. Mm when it comes to the rate hike environment. Now, of course, credit tightening, there's definitely tools there. I definitely believe that there is also other arenas that they can do. But I think that as it pertains to the rate hike environment, I think that honestly, like, you know, pretty much, I think that we're at the finish line here. That would be... (laughs) A good, good side. That's that's my bold prediction. That's my bold <laughs> prediction. Now I'm still on the hook for saying 75 basis points to 125 for the year. So so far, I think we're at I think we're at 50 basis points mm-hmm. so far. So we're if we do 25 in May, then that would signify that would signal 75. Mm-hmm. Um, only way that I could justify a rip the bandaid off moment is if they just literally just say, okay, hey, screw it, we're just going to do another 75 basis points, and then okay, we promise we're done. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and just let it sit there. <laughs> but <laughs> in my in my bold p- opinion, I believe that um, I, I just strongly believe that honestly, it's like the rate hike. The rate hike environment is now it's it's come to its end. Yeah. What do you think about unemployment? Jalen. <sighs> All right. So are we saying like, what's my projection for the year? Yeah, because the two are linked. <sighs> I don't know if we'll get to 4.6. I think that we'll probably get to like a 4.4. Okay. I think that we'll probably get to a 4.4. I, we're definitely going to get to a four. I mean, you know, I think that that's, that's definitely on the horizon. Agreed. Mid fours. Um, and, you know, hopefully, yeah, I don't see going to five and hopefully not to five. But I, I think we would get to a mid four. I think <laughs> what's happening <laughs> do their cuts and now it's like you know wall street doing their cuts and then main street is doing their cuts and you know yeah, yeah. I, think, I honestly think you, you know, saw what happened with best buy by the way 
I did see a headline, but I didn't. Well, what, what what happened with Best Buy? Actually? So Best Buy is now closing up. They're they're closing up a bunch of branch. They're closing up a, or laying off a bunch of folks because of the fact that a lot of their orders are taking place online anyway. So Ooh. really, it's you know I have this feeling that Best Buy is going to pretty much become a distribution center, kind of like an Amazon distribution. I just have this feeling like you know you can buy things from Best Buy on Instacart now. So like you know at this point. In, Look, I should have never said that. <laughs> but <laughs> I should have never said that. But I just know that honestly, it's like you're, we're at this point in time where I think that yeah, we're we're starting to where you're going to probably start to see what retail is going to look like. And I think that honestly, the best company that normally tends to be ahead of the curve is Best Buy. So, well, we saw that yeah. during the pandemic. So yeah. they were ready. They were they were very much so ready, and they never missed a beat. I think that honestly, they they have been planning something. So I'm going to I have to go back and read more so into like, you know, their, their last earnings as I prepare for their their next upcoming earnings. But I strongly believe that they're going to they're, they're going to have a lot more strong. They're going to have a lot more layoffs. And I think that they're going to reposition their stores and probably start to make a distribution play. That might not be bad. A distribution play isn't bad, as you mentioned, for companies seeing seeing things earlier than later, uh, because a lot of big box retailers they're not doing it right. They don't have a digital online presence. They they falter, and you don't want to be you want to be that that person. Because Walmart, they figured out some online stuff. Target figured out some online stuff. You don't want to be the person that doesn't figure it out. Yeah, but yeah. Target is a little different, only because people go there for the vibes. Look, Best Buy can deliver a product for me in an hour. So, <laughs> you know, one day we should try, we should test that. We should just do a show live. And order something order from Best Buy, and then see if it arrives before the show is over. Just saying, it would be interesting. But I think that they, they're, they're the company to watch. It's like that joke that you go in there, people are like, "Oh, I just go in there for something, and I end up spending like 300 400 bucks, something, whatever it is." They yeah. go for one thing and they spend like a thousand dollars or something. I don't know. That's it's a challenge like for anybody that says that. Those are yeah. both stores. I was gonna say if. I'll issue a challenge to anybody out there. Go to a Costco and see if you can just go to Costco and buy one thing. I'm going to issue that as a challenge. There's a there's a come up series challenge. Just see, that's the thing. I don't think that anybody can either. But I want to see if somebody can literally go to a store, a Costco store, and literally say, you know what, I'm just here to buy, uh, you know, paper towels. Okay, <laughs> and then see if they come back. Yo, you gonna have look? Let me. Oh, stop. Mark, I'm, about to, I'm about to get a lot of wives in trouble that are gonna be sneaking in, like in, like leaving stuff in the garage and then only coming up with the paper towels. Mark, after you fight for parking for Costco, like. It's like Denzel Washington said, I'm coming, I'm leaving out of here with something. <laughs> <laughs> you can leave with something. You can leave with those paper towels. That was that was the goal. Uh, that's not even enough. You gotta come out with more a sweatshirt, something. You know, that's like cool. Overpriced salmon, a hot dog, something. <laughs> Gosh. All right. Delano, thank you so much for joining Thanks, us today. Delano. We got to definitely have you on for more. I mean, I honestly, what do you guys it. think, cousins? Like, do you think that we should actually have Delano on? And do you think that he should also possibly do his own show here at the Come Up Series? I would love that. I, I love so. that. My vote. Hmm. I mean, he's know. got my vote, but you know, let us know what you think in the comments section down below. Should we definitely have Delano host his own show and own podcast here on the Come Up Series? If so, just type yes in chat. If if it's a no, we just just don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> but no, thank you so much. We you, consistently enjoy having you on. We definitely value every single word. I mean, honestly, there's some things in which that I got to go back and look at, especially for Chipotle. 
Um, but you know, it's always a pleasure to have you on, and you're welcome here at any time. So thank, thank you, brother. Thank you so much. It's always a blast. I appreciate everyone. All right. Wait, which cousin I are know you? It, oh, 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 I, I told you. I told you he thought that he was going to get away with it. And he's like, come up with something quick. Come up with something quick. Did I give that a name? Or yeah, you, you did. Yeah, you did. did. But you can come up with a new one, though. We'll let you slide. If you need to come up. It's 2023. You know, new year, new me. Yeah, I'm the, I think I, I think I said what I said last time, but I'm going to say I am. Um, I said the fun cousin or something like that, but I'm going to say the fun athlete, the cousin that comes over, we play video games, we chill. That's what I said last time, if I'm not mistaken. But Which video yeah, game? Correct me if I'm wrong. What did I say last time? Do you remember? Like, the fun cousin. We got to look at the he archive. Was, he was the fun cousin. He said he was the fun cousin. I think I said yeah. that. He, 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 y'all, he almost slipped. <laughs> we almost got him. But yo, for real, for real. Which video game do you play? We like oh, the I'm game with my brother and my friend. We're on 2K23. They play FIFA. Um, you guys strike you strike me as a PS5 kind of guy. I do. You have Xbox? Oh Lord. Of course. <laughs> PC PC <laughs> master race here. Tech that guy like you, he has Xbox. I know it's the real techies, the gamers. But yeah, we're on that PS5. All PC, all liquid cool over here. That's what that's what we are. You build it? You build but it? you know, let me of course. Oh, of course. I do it. You built it the game. You know, we may have to start doing it where it's like we do like a raffle or somebody who gets it right. I may actually just build them a liquid cool series, a signature edition by by no, yours. Really, if you built it. Yeah, that's a that's a real gamer. That's a real. I got one. I'm actually I'm actually may give a one away because I have two of them and I may give one away this year with that's, you know. Oh, that'd be nice. Oh, really? yeah. Yeah. We should do it on a live. We should bring that's back. Amazing. We have to bring back the um the bonnet gang and the do rag gang wars. I don't fit in either one of them because I don't have the wave. So clearly. <laughs> The waves, as I said, Mark, you are staying over there in shallow water. You just, you, since you can't swim, you just sit on the beach. So <laughs> I am not Bonnet Gang. I am not Durag Gang, but you know the gang that lasts forever and forever. I don't even want to hear it. I don't know <laughs> yes, it is. All right. Thank you guys so much for having us. We appreciate you. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Until next time, I am Mark Monroe, accompanied by Go ahead, Delano. Oh. Delano. <laughs> he breathes. Oh, he froze. Oh, no. I'm going to have to say it for him. Delano, the Delano. fun. Delano. Oh, 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 oh. There he is. There he is. Oh. Nope. I freeze. Oh, no. Okay, there you go. You're back. You're back. Or is he? Okay, we're good. The Matrix got him. Sorry. Delano support. Sorry. I was hearing you guys. I was moving on my end. But it must have been broken on it. He said it. Go. Hey, I'm going to you seen the place to be. Peace, y'all. Good night. <laughs> Oh,